Hello, and welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. At GVC, our mission is simple. It's to love God, love people, and love life. This year, we want to reach further into the glory and the presence of our God and experience Him like we never have before. This year is going to be different. Can you feel it? I know you will be blessed by the message and the word that God has for you today. Here we go. into our new series. All those that are online that are listening want to say welcome. Thank you for attending and joining us here at GVC. And just as we begin to start this new series, I think that it's going to be a blessing to you. And I just encourage you that if this is your first week with us during this series, stick with us for the next couple weeks because it's going to build. And I just believe that God is going to do some things throughout the whole period of our time in this series. And then we're going to also see God do some amazing things on that last Sunday that we share on this series and the series title is called house calls it's called house calls uh do you remember i say do you remember none of you remember i don't think you're all old enough uh anybody's old enough to remember but you remember the premise that back in the day uh the doctors made house calls anybody you know, if you've at least watched Little House on the Prairie, right? <laughs> you've seen the doc go out to the farm and attend to somebody that's sick. And so, uh, again, if you were sick back in the day before they had modern medicine like they do now, the doctors would come out and make a house call. They would treat you. They would tend to you. They would do their best to get you mended and get you well back on your feet doing what you need to do, right? Well, long has been the days that the doctors have actually made house calls. But there is one. There is one that still makes house calls, and his name's Jesus. And the Bible says that concerning Jesus, Jesus is the great physician. Amen. And so the great physician, Jesus, still makes house calls. He'll make house calls to this church, his house. He'll make house calls to your house. All you have to do is call on his name. And he's as close as the mention of his name, Jesus. And there he is. And the amazing thing about Jesus is is that you don't have to call to make an appointment. You don't have to take a number. You don't have to get get in your car and sit in the long lines because you're the next person 20,000 deep in the vaccine line, right? You know that all you have to do is call on the name of Jesus. And so as we begin to share or start this series, we're going to be talking about Jesus, the great physician, and that he still makes house calls today. He is the miracle worker. He is the way maker. He is the healer. Amen. And the more you know about him, the more that you can have confidence, and that's exactly who he is. And the thing about it is, is that the more you focus on and give attention to who he is, he likes to show up that way. I was sharing with the the group this morning, our, our lead team, as we were getting ready to start the service, and I was simply talking about just how God likes to show up when you brag on him. And when you talk about how he is and talk about his character and his personality. And I, I was sharing with him that when I was in my early 20s, I worked up at the Bertrand Mall there. I was in uh, the property management division there. And so in the whole complex, there was a pizza uh, place, a pizzeria. And one of the uh, managers within one of the stores out there, she went over there and got a stromboli. And the stromboli was ginormous. 
And she says, well, when you go over there, she says, go ask for so-and-so. And it was a girl that worked behind the counter at the pizzeria. So me and my partner, we went over there and we said, hey, is so-and-so here? And she wasn't on duty that day. It was a different girl. And I'm like, well, I still want my large stromboli because we're going to split it. You know, back then in the early 20s, you didn't have a whole lot of money, so you had to split, you know, your meals. And so I turned to my friend, my partner, I said to him, hey, I said, is, is that the girl? And he's like, what? I said, is, is, is that the girl that everybody's talking about? And I, I said, hey, I said, are you the girl that everybody talks about that makes the ginormous strombolis? And she just kind of laughed and grinned. And I said, well, we want a stromboli. And I said, and we told her what we wanted in it. And so we came back about 20 minutes later. And would you guess whether or not that stromboli was big or small? Oh, it was huge, baby. Let me tell you, it was a huge stromboli. Well, why is it? Because she had a reputation that she thought she had to live up to, right? Well, God's the same way. When you start talking about God being the good God that he is, when you start talking about Jesus being the healer, he says, oh, you think that I'm the healer? Well, let me just show you how much of a good God and the healer that I am. And so I'm telling you, as we start to talk about him as being the great physician, you're going to begin to see that he moves in the midst of our church, in the midst of your lives. In Revelation chapter 2, the Bible says that Jesus moves within the congregation of the people. So as you sit here today... The healer is passing you by. Amen. The question is, is what do you have need of? And are you ready to reach out and receive this morning? Amen? So I realize that when we're talking about this topic, there's a lot of discussion about it, and we're not going to take a whole lot of time, but just to address a, a few things. I understand that there's much discussion concerning this topic because there are those that would say, well, you know, I know that God has uh, done those type of things in times past, but he don't do them anymore. I know that uh, God uh, did it back in, in days of old, but we can't trust God in that particular manner today. Or there will be those that say, you know, well, he does do those things, but it, he does it as he wills. And so, therefore, it just leaves us hoping and wishing and guessing and hoping that we just might be the lucky one. Well, how, how, how do you know whether you're the lucky one or not? No, we see that God has a desire to minister to his people and still to be the healer today. Again, it's just a matter of knowing who he is. Once again, when we talk, talk about just the discussion of that, again, I realize that there are individuals that say, well, if God is the healer, then why are there so many people that get sick? Why is there so much bad stuff happening around the world? Why are there so many people that are actually uh, being diseased and actually dying in this world? And it's a valid question. I was talking with somebody just uh, this past week, and he was having a dialogue with somebody. And the person said to him, as, and he was trying to minister to him, this gentleman said to the guy of our church, he says, no, if God is real and as loving as you say that he is, he said, I would imagine that he's got to answer to a lot of questions when people actually get up to heaven and see him face to face. Because there's a lot of bad things that are happening. Why did he let this happen? And why did he let those people die? And why did he allow sickness and disease to happen? And on the, on the face value of the question, it has merit. But the reality is, is that God is full of mercy and love and grace that he is. He is not the God of this world. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, the Bible says that Satan is the God of this world. You say, well, I always thought that God was the God of this world. He was. But when Adam and Eve sinned, they signed over the title deed and the lease over to Satan. And now he is the God of this world. 
Now, what about God? Well, God is the God of the believers. Absolutely, he's the God of the believers. And so that makes a whole lot of sense or makes more sense of the matter when you realize that God, now again, hear this right. And I know this statement will mess with people. But God is not in control of everything. He is in control of the things that pertain to the life of the believers. But not all the other stuff that goes in. No, because Satan is the God of this world. Are you tracking with me? And so it's important for us to understand that. Now, you might say, well, now what about those people that are believers? And they were believing God. They got sick and they were believing God. But the outcome wasn't favorable. Or maybe they even died. And I realize that there are those circumstances that happen. I, I certainly realize that and understand that. But how many of you know that the Bible says that God doesn't change? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he was a healing God 5,000 years ago, he's not changed. So what that means is, is that whatever took place in the circumstance of people's life, it wasn't on God's end. And I don't say that to be insensitive because I know, again, that there's all kinds of circumstances. And, and, and people would say, well, that person, they were having faith. They were trusting God. They were believing God. But once again, I'm here to tell you that if the outcome wasn't what they desired, it wasn't on the God end. And I don't have time to talk about that, but hopefully you'll understand what I'm saying. The reason what I, or the, the point behind that is, is that we play a, a part in that. And therefore, again, there's a lot of things that take place that we're not aware of or that we need to be more in tune with. Amen? How many of you know that ignorance is, is no excuse? When I say ignorance, that means the lack of understanding. I've gotten tickets before, speeding tickets, and it was because I was in a speed area that was lesser than what I was traveling. And when I told the, the police officer, I didn't know that it was 35. I thought it was 50. You think he said, oh, <laughs> I'm so sorry you didn't know. <laughs> Let me rip this up. <laughs> no, it don't happen that way. I can't claim ignorance. And so once again, when it comes to our relationship with God, there are those that we say, gosh, it didn't turn out the way that we were praying for. And yes, I understand that. But once again, you have to understand that there's more to the bigger picture that you just might not see. And once again, we'll talk about that maybe at a later time. Are you doing all right this morning? So what are some absolutes that we do know? When it comes to this life, in this life of God still being a healing God, and Jesus being the great physician, and knowing that the great physician still makes house calls, what are some absolutes that we know just based on the Word of God? Well, if you'll recall, the Bible says that the disciples were asking Jesus. They said, Jesus, we want to know how to pray. Will you teach us how to pray? And the Bible tells us that Jesus says, well, now this is how you pray. Now, if this sounds familiar to you, you just chime in. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Now, wait a minute. Let's say this next part real strong. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We'll stop there because that's the place that I wanted to get to. Jesus said... Concerning the will of God, 
and concerning the heart of God, he does have a will, he does have a desire, he does have a plan concerning this earth and concerning his people. And he says, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He didn't say as it would be in heaven. One day when we get there, he says, no, right now, pray that thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now let me ask you the question, is there anybody sick and diseased in heaven? No. Is it the will of God that anybody in heaven is sick and dying? No. The Bible says that it's a place of perfect peace and a place of perfection in the presence and in the glory of God, right? So there is no sickness and no disease in heaven. And so therefore God says, my will is to be on this earth as it is in heaven, now let's pause for just a moment because once again this is one of those things that kind of hangs us up just a little bit. Because one of the things that Jesus is talking about, he is not talking about the entire earth. All humanity. Because humanity is in a fallen state and there is sickness and disease that is running rampant in the earth. So he's not talking about the whole entire earth that God's will be done concerning sickness and disease. No, he's speaking to his kids. He says, I'm teaching you how to pray. Obviously, somebody that's a sinner or somebody that don't walk with God, they're not going to be praying this kind of prayer. So obviously, he's talking to his kids. And so therefore, when it comes to the will and the plan and the heart of God, he's referring to the life of those that are following him. Does that make sense? All right, now let's take it a step further. Because when we see this, oftentimes we're looking at Scripture, and especially with the Gospels. Uh, the Gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, right? And so if you have a Bible, your Bible is sectioned off into two different parts. There's the Old Testament and the New Testament, or Old Covenant, or Old Promise, and New Covenant, or New Promises. And the way that it is divided in our Bibles, the four Gospels are connected to the New Testament. But did you realize that when Jesus was walking on the earth and the account of the Gospels that we read is not New Testament? It's Old Testament. The reason being is the only thing that brought in or ushered in the New Covenant or the New Testament was when Jesus shed his blood. So when Jesus is making this statement, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, this is even conversation that he's having in the old covenant. Amen. So if God was a God that wanted his will to be established before Jesus went to the cross, how much more did Jesus solidify and guarantee the promise and the heart and the will of God for us who have received Christ into our lives? Amen. Does that make sense? And so Jesus is saying, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Healing is something that was provided for in the old covenant. Now, just to take some time, and again, we'll, we won't take a whole lot of time to build this foundation or the case concerning this, but let me just give you one scripture, or a couple scriptures rather. Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. Exodus chapter 15, verse 26, it says, If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God, and do what is right in His sight, 
give ear to his commandments and keep all of his statutes. I will put none or permit none of the diseases on you which I have brought onto the Egyptians. For I am the Lord that heals you. Therefore God declared it. He spoke of himself. And he says, I am the Lord that heals you. So if he is the Lord that heals them, that must make him a healer. Right? And once again, the scripture says that God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if God was a healer then, he's a healer now. If he's a healer now, he'll be a healer next week. If he's a healer next week, he'll be a healer until Jesus comes to take us home. Amen. He says, I am the Lord that heals you. Once again, let me remind you that was Old Testament. When Jesus said God's will be done, that's Old Testament. But now look at what it says in Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6, it says, But now he, speaking of Jesus, has obtained a more excellent ministry inasmuch as he is also mediator of a, what's that say? A what? A lesser than? A mediocre? Partial? No, it says he is the mediator or he is the one that is the go-between to make it sure that you have access to it. He says he is the mediator of a better covenant which was established on better promises. So in other words, if Jesus was saying, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven in the old covenant, and that's a promise you can take to the bank, then he says, Now there is a better covenant because I am the mediator. I shed my blood. And he says, Now you've got a better covenant, and it's even got better promises. Woo! Praise the Lord. Amen. Have you ever got some extra benefits? My wife, she said to me the other day, she was going to do some things, and she took a little bit longer. And I said, you took a little bit longer. I said, where did you go? She said, oh, I went over to this store. And I said, oh, you did, did you? She said, well, I had some stuff to take back. And so I had a voucher for the things I had to take back. But then I also had a coupon, and I also had some reward points. And so, therefore, the benefits were really good. Right? So she was all excited about it. I'm thinking, yeah, whatever, okay. But again, you like better benefits and promises, right? Yeah. And he says, this belongs to you. All right, so let's continue to look at this. In regards to this better promise, I want to toggle back and forth, if you will, between this old covenant or promise and the new covenant or the new promise that we're just looking at or had been looking at. If you recall... Over in Leviticus, it makes mention of the Levitical law. And God begins to lay out the Levitical law for the priest. And then he goes on to say, he says, Now, if somebody has a plague called leprosy, he says, let him call for the priest. And the priest will come in and make examination of the spot and what's going on. And he says, and then he'll endeavor to clean the house. And he'll give you instruction as how to cleanse the house. And 
It says, then you'll go and wait for seven days. And again, there were several procedures or different things. He said he would examine it the one time and you'd do this. And then if he examined it again, there was still a spot of leprosy. He said, now you'll do this. And all through that, they were giving instructions or the, the priest was giving instructions as to how to be cleansed from leprosy. But here's the point that I want, to, want you to see. Is that when there was a plague, a sickness, a disease, who did they call for? They called for the priest, and when the priest came, he would cleanse the house of leprosy. And so therefore, they must have a confidence in what would take place, for they would not have called the priest had he just came up and said, Well, you know what? You're dying. <laughs> right? Nobody wants that news. I just had somebody the other day, they said, you know, they, they went to the doctor to get some uh, test results, and the doctor called, and the doctor says, uh, we need you to come in. And she was saying, uh, you never want to hear those words. Uh, we can't tell you over the phone. We want, we want to come in and talk to you about the results, right? But with the priest, he didn't give them that kind of diagnosis to where they're dreading the, the, the arrival of the priest. No, they called the priest because they knew once they called the man of God, the priest, the anointed one, that the leprosy was about ready to be taken care of. Amen. And there was a confidence. All we have to do is call, and there will be a house call made, and the house will be cleansed. Now, furthermore, think about the priest. I mean, leprosy was unto death. So this leprous, or excuse me, this priest must have had some boldness and confidence in who he was and the ability of God. Because there are individuals right now in the medical field that they won't even see you as, as, as a doctor's appointment if you've got a fever. Because you might have the corona. You got the rona? If you got the, don't come into my office. Go down to the emergency care. Right? But here's the priest that says, oh, you got the plague? You got the leprosy? I'm coming to your house, making some house calls here. And then he gets into the house, and he sits there and says, okay, you ready for this? Let's get this house cleansed. Let's get this leprosy, this plague taken care of. Old covenant, Old Testament, but yet the people had confidence to call on the Lord. The men and women of God had a confidence to know that if we trust God, God will be the God of who he says he is. But here we are, these mamby-pamby people that have received Christ into our life and say we believe that he was risen from the dead. If he can conquer death, can he not conquer sickness? But yet we struggle in our faith in knowing him. Are you doing okay? Now, as I've already said, Jesus ministered under the old covenant now let's fast forward to the ministry of jesus but keep in mind he is still ministering as unto the old covenant look at what it says here in luke chapter 13 if you have your bible you can turn there luke chapter 13 we'll have it on the screen i believe but luke chapter 13 starting in verse 10 this once again is the ministry of jesus but look at the confidence of jesus now it says, Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. How many years? Almost 20 years this woman had a sickness. And she says she was bent over 
and could in no way raise herself up. So think of this lady. She, for 18 years, this lady had this problem. Do that for five minutes. She had this for 18 years. All right. Verse 12, it says, But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. But now the rulers of the synagogue, they answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, he says, There are six days in which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath day. Verse 15 says, But Jesus, the Lord answered him and said, You're hypocrites. Do not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his donkey from the stall and lead it away to water it. So he, he says this. He says, you have compassion more for your animals than you do this woman. And you're worried about doing works on the Sabbath day. But because you care about your donkey and your oxen, he said, you'll take them to give them some water. If you'll care to give them water, what do you think God thinks about this woman? But now, he continues in verse 16. He says, So ought not this woman... Let's stop there for a moment. Say that with me. So ought not this woman... Now let's go to the very last part of the verse. Starting with the word be. Be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath. So let's put those two together. So ought not this woman be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath? So he set her free. He said to her, she ought to be loosed this day. So why did he make that statement? Why did he say it's her time? She ought to be. Was he saying, you know what, guys, listen, it's been almost 20 years. Don't you think it's been long enough? Let's give the poor woman a break. Come on. It, it, she ought to be. No, that's not why he was saying she ought to be. Look at what it says. Let's go back up to verse 16. So ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham? Now that might be blind to you, but what he is saying is that the law, the covenant that I made with Abraham, she's a daughter of Abraham, and because she has a covenant, because there is a promise, because God said he wants his will to be done, that's why she ought to be made well. Because she's got a promise from God. Just like the people that was full of leprosy, had the confidence that they could be cleansed and loosed from leprosy because of the covenant they had, Jesus said, this woman should be, ought to be, because she has a covenant with God. Amen. Now here, doesn't it beg the question that if she was a daughter of Abraham, if she could be and should be, but yet for 20 years she wasn't whole or healed from her infirmity, why did she not? Well, God's just trying to teach her something. Well, you know, God just doesn't heal everybody. The reason why she had that go 18 years without being healed is because she probably sat in some church somewhere where the people and the preacher said, well, you just never know. 
You know, young lady, I wish God would do something for you, but I just can't guarantee it. Well, you know, sometimes God does these things to teach us some things so that we can give glory to God. But when Jesus showed up, he said, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Be loosed. Amen. Now, let's take it one step further. Notice what it says. Verse 16, So ought not this woman be loosed, being the daughter of Abraham, who Satan has bound... Who did the binding? Satan did. So, that eliminates the argument that we've heard for so long that God does these things to teach us things or God does these things to punish us. That is not God, and there is no scripture to validate that point. We see that sickness and disease came from the very pit of hell. And Jesus said, I'm here to bring heaven to earth. Amen. Now, why could Jesus have this confidence and boldness? Now, I know what you're going to say. Don't, don't say it, because I know where you're going. But that's the wrong answer. You're saying because he was Jesus. He was the Son of God. Oh, no, 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 no. Here's why. Let's turn our attention to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 14. Hebrews chapter 10. Or excuse me. Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 14. It says therefore. Since we have a great high priest. Who has ascended into heaven. Jesus the Son of God. Woo! Okay, let's put it into perspective here. Under the Levitical law, under the covenant, the reason they could be cleansed from leprosy is because, one, it was God's will, but how did they initiate it? They called for the priest, and the priest came to make a house call. Now, we see that Jesus came to this woman and says, Woman, be loosed. Well, why? Because the person that showed up wasn't just Jesus, the Son of God. He was the high priest. Woo! So the high priest, just like the old high priest, they had confidence knowing that God's will would be manifested. Jesus being the high priest, he says, hey, this is how we work around here. Be loosed. Come on, is this, is this making sense? Are you connecting the dots? All right, he's the great high priest who ascended to the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold firm to the faith, of our, uh, to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but, he ha but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Verse 16, now, this is where it gets good. Verse 16, let us. Who's the us? Come on, help me. Who's the us? Let us. That's us. That's you. The high priest. He went to heaven. But it says now, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Whoo. So in other words, all the times that you're like, God, I'm so sorry, God, I hope, I hope you'll help me. God, I, I hope you'll love me enough to heal me. God, I hope you'll help me. No, 
He didn't say come bawling and squalling. He didn't say come scratching and clawing. He says, no, come boldly to the throne and receive the help that you've been needing. And if you need to have health and healing in your body, then obviously that's the help that you need in the moment. Why? Because he's our high priest, but he's also the healer. He's the great physician that still makes health calls. Woo! Praise the Lord. Look what it says here in another translation. In verse uh, 16, the Amplified, it says, Let us then fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace, the throne of God's unmerited favor to us sinners, that we may receive mercy for our failures and find grace and help in good time. Well, when's a good time? The time that I need it. Help in good time for every need, appropriate help, and well-timed help coming just when we need it. Now, you approach the high priest and say, I, I need healing. And he says, well, let me give you a pat on the back. No, he says he'll come and give us appropriate help in time that's needed. So if I need healing in my body, what's the appropriate help? Healing. You're my high priest, and I'm making a house call. Woo, praise the Lord. How many of you know that the high priest lives on the inside of you? You are the temple. You are the house of God, and he lives on the inside. So therefore, the great physician, the high priest, the healer is already on the inside of you. Just waiting for you to ask. Now remember we saw that the high priest that cleansed the leprosy, he would loose them. And he loosed them from their leprosy by the shedding of blood. Jesus went to the cross and shed his blood. And being the high priest, we saw that concerning this woman, he loosed her of her infirmities. He's our high priest now in this time. But Jesus also said to us, he said, I give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose will be loosed in heaven. Well, wait a minute now. It sounds like you're telling me to do something. I, 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 I thought the high priest or the priest was supposed to do that. I thought the priest was supposed to come and make a declaration. I thought that the priest was supposed to come and make a house call. I thought that I could come confidently to the throne of God to receive adequate help in time of need because he is my high priest. But now you're saying that I can bind and I can loose? Ooh, well, let's check this out. 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal Come on, help me out, somebody. You are a what? You're a what? You're a royal priesthood. You. You are a royal priesthood, a dedicated nation, God's own purchased special people that you may set forth the wonderful deeds and display the virtues and perfections of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So what is he doing? He's saying, I've authorized you, and I've deputized you, and I've made you a priest. So therefore, you've got something to say on the matter. So not only will you call me to make a house call, you need to start talking to your circumstances. That sickness and disease, you need to start talking to it. You start binding and loosening, and you tell it to get. Amen. Why? Because you 
are a priest. God has ordained you for this time. Amen? Amen. Let's stand. I want to challenge you in this next week. You begin to talk to your circumstances. You begin to talk to your body. When you feel that pain, when you feel that discomfort, when, when you start to experience something as a result of what the doctor says, you say, well, wait a minute now. I'm going to exercise my position of who I am in Christ. I'm a priest, and therefore I'm going to turn this thing loose. It's got to go. Amen? My children are still young in my home. The oldest is just 14. But do you know that my children will come to me when they're not feeling well or when something's going on? It's just a knee-jerk reaction to them. Hey, Dad, will you pray? Well, why are they confident to come and ask? Because we've prayed enough times that we've seen the physician show up answering every time. And therefore, they have a confidence that in our house, Jesus makes house calls. And therefore, all we've got to do, Dad... You're the, now, they don't say this, but for the sake of illustration. Dad, you're the priest, so I'm asking you to pray. And when you pray, Dad, the high priest of our home, Jesus answers. Amen. So don't let the devil have his way in your household. You be the high priest. You begin to expect and declare. And you begin to ask God to move in the affairs of your life. Because the devil's a liar. Amen? With every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that we've endeavored to share on just your healing virtue. That it is your will, it is your desire for us to be well and healthy and whole. And yes, we do understand that sickness and disease and things come to knock on our door. But we don't have to accept it long term. We can walk in the, the, the will of God. Being healthy and whole. In Jesus name. So I thank you that as we depart this week. That we'll begin to exercise that priestly right. And being confident that as we approach you. We have adequate help. In the time that we need. Well that's it. Do you feel the glory? Do you feel the filling? I know you do. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast and come back next week for God to move on your behalf again. Want to know more? Check us out online and our social media, all from our website, gvchurch.tv. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.